Glory to God, what a blessing to celebrate the goodness of God in the body of Jesus that was broken for us and in His blood that flowed for us so that we can have eternal life. Today is Christmas Day and um, like my custom is I like to read on uh, Luke 2 and talking about the birth of Jesus Christ and just put the focus on what Christmas is all about. You know, Christmas is all about the incarnation. Christmas is all about the most the greatest event that has ever taken place, which is God that was incarnated into human flesh, wherein uh, God came home uh, when he entered a human body. You know, the unseen God came and was incarnated into the likeness of sinful flesh. That is unheard of. We cannot imagine that. People could never have thought of that. Old Testament people could never have thought that God would come and physically make his home dwell and abide inside a human body and then grab humanity inside a human being and pull, pull humanity right into the Trinity and so conquer man's sin and conquer man's death so that salvation is uh, something that God manages single-handedly without our contribution. The only thing we can do about this truth is to believe it and so be born from it. So when we think of Jesus, when we think of the birth of Christ, we are celebrating the incarnation. Uh, you know, in, in Christmas time, many times we can be alone. We, can, um, we, we don't have people to visit. I'm thinking of hundreds of people. There are thousands of people around the world. In Christmas time, they're alone. They're sitting at home. They don't have anywhere to go, and uh, they, can, they can be lonely and feel in their hearts that, you know, where, where can I go? Um, who is there? Where, where are my people? I want to say this. The incarnation spells uh, the, the whole plan of God wherein you are made the very family of God, wherein God became a human and he became part of the human family, if you understand what I'm saying. So your family, you, you are, you've been... You've, you've been included into the very family of God. That is what he, what he came to do. Now, we're going to read um, of, of this wonderful event in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And this is what it says. It says, And the angel said, angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, just listen to that. The angels came and appeared to the shepherds in the field and said to them, don't be afraid, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Not just a little bit of joy, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, not just some, but to all people. Those days they thought it was just for the Jews, but this was for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the Lord. So he says here, I've got great tidings for you. The Savior is born. The Messiah is born. Uh, the one that will break the yoke of the slave master off your back. And many of the Jews thought that this would be uh, ending the Roman Empire, which it was not. Then uh, in verse 12, And this shall be a sign unto you, shall find a baby wrapped in cloths laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace 
and goodwill toward man. On earth peace and goodwill towards man. Now, when we look at uh, peace on earth, goodwill towards man, what does that mean? What does it mean when the Bible says peace on earth? Now, I went and I studied that out from many times before. What it actually means there, and when we talk about peace on earth, there's two things that we can look at. Number one, we can say peace between us and God, because man didn't have peace between him and God, and inner peace. And then the other peace would be peace amongst nations or amongst people. Now, when the Bible says in the birth of Christ, peace on earth, the angels were seeing something that many people today doesn't even see. They saw something that is amazing. They saw the union between Jew and Gentile, which we're going to talk about. Uh, and then it says there, peace on earth and goodwill towards man. Goodwill towards man. That, that word goodwill uh, comes from two uh, words, which the one is good and the other one is thought. So good thoughts towards man. So I want to say to you, uh, you know, that good thoughts towards man is also, there's, there's a depth to it that I would like to touch on today, which is more than just God having good thoughts towards us. Uh, it, it's, it, it goes much deeper than that. You know, many of us even struggle to think that God can think good thoughts about us. I want to say to you, God doesn't have bad thoughts. He's only got clean, pure, righteous, good thoughts. And what he was saying is, Jesus came onto the scene. And when Jesus came onto the scene, we could see the truth about God. We could see the truth about how God feels about man. We could see the truth about how God relates to man. And the angels came and said, goodwill towards man. We can say, well, it's God being good towards man, which is great. Goodwill means good thoughts. We can say it's God thinking good thoughts about us. You know, when God saw Jesus and how he feels about Jesus is exactly, it is the declaration, it is the light that came to the world, it is the, the revelation of how God has always thought about man. Now, when Jesus, when God was incarnated into Christ and when Jesus, Son of God, came forth, um, and we saw Jesus, we, when we saw Jesus, we could see how God sees man. That is what we could see, beautiful, acceptable. And you know what? Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. That means God incarnated the likeness of sinful flesh. And this Jesus, when he walked upon the earth, came and showed the truth about how God feels about sinners. Now, we've had the traditional thing that, if there's sin in the camp, then God cannot be there. And God cannot have anything to do with sinners. I want to tell you that is not true. When God became flesh and dwelt amongst us, Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If, you've see, if you see how I deal with people, you see how the Father would deal with people. How did Jesus deal with a woman that was caught in the act of adultery? He treated her with respect. He treated her with life and with love. Last night we watched the movie and um, the actor that played Jesus did such a good job of uh, just showing us what happened there. And when they brought the woman before Jesus in this movie, the, 
that Jesus took a stone to stone the woman and he, and he kept the stone above his head like that, ready to stone. And he, and he said, those of you that have no sin, I will give you this stone so that you can stone her. And nobody could. And he dropped the stone and he said to her, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. Isn't that beautiful? And we see how Jesus, uh, how the Father, the truth about the Father in the incarnation, how he deals with people. The mission that Jesus had from the beginning has always been to redeem his people from what destroys his people. That is what it was all about. Now, I want to read another verse here um, quickly from uh, Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9 verse 4. It says, um, or let, let me, you know, let's read from verse 4. It says, For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of the taskmaster as in the day of Midian. For every boot of the warrior is with commotion, and every coat rolled in blood shall be burning fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a Savior is given. The government is upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There is no end to the increase of his government and the peace of the throne. Um, and the peace on the throne of David and of his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and justice from now on even forever. The zeal of Jehovah the host um, will do this. And then I also want to read, um, well, let me just talk about that quickly and then I'll read in Ephesians. What he says here, he says, unto us a child was born but a son was given. And we need to realize what that, what that really is. When Jesus was born as a child, you know, he was just a baby, born. But what God wanted to give to us was not a child. He wanted to give us a son. And what, what son means is um, w- when we are declared as a son of God, not a child, but a son of God. In, in Jewish tradition, when somebody is declared as a son in the Bar Mitzvah, he, he, would, he was declared as a son of the law. But in, when Jesus was declared to be the Son of God, the Bible says he was declared to be the Son of God in the resurrection, according to Romans. So what God did was he gave a, a child, a, a child was born, but what he wanted to give unto man is sonship. Sonship means in equality with God, wherein God says and declares to the whole world, this is my son through the resurrection from the dead. So what it actually says is, when he says that, he says, listen, the yoke will be broken off our shoulders. He, it, he will come and he will bring peace to us. The, his kingdom will be here. His rulership will be here. And what he's trying to say there is, he's saying, I'm coming and I want to bring sonship to you. I, I give unto you the Son of God, and in Him all your problems are conquered by His rulership, by sonship, by Him conquering sin and death. We must realize that the last enemy that will be conquered is death. So what God did and what, how God sees humanity is He sees humanity plagued with sin, plagued with death, plagued with bitterness and hatred and wars and all those kind of things. And he says, let me come and bring a rulership that can save all these people that are 
fighting with one another, hating one another, in bitterness with one another, and save them from what causes all these things, and bring life and joy and peace to every man's heart. And in the movie we watched last night, we could just see the hatred and the bitterness that there was between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews hated the Romans. They hated the Romans with a hatred that cannot be expressed. And they were waiting for the Messiah. And they wanted the Messiah to crush all other nations and put them under the feet of the Jews so that the Jews will rule and reign with an iron rod, reign and rule in the name of the Messiah over all nations. That is what they were waiting for. And such a Messiah does not exist. Such a Messiah will never be there. You know, when God looked at the Jews, when God looked at the Gentiles, He was saying that these people are under a rulership that causes them to have no inner peace. And that rulership was the power of Satan, which he inflicted and which he exercised over the people through the law of Moses. That is what it was all about. And because the Bible says the law is the power of sin. The Bible says the law is the ministration of death. I want to say that again. The law is the power of sin. The law is the ministration of death. The sting of sin. Yeah, or, or the sting of death is, 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 is this whole thing through which death comes is the law. The power of sin is the law. Uh, death stings you with sin. He brings sin forth in your life. Death brings that forth. So Jesus saw how death was brought, how death got the Romans to be in all sexual immorality and all uh, uh, bitterness and hatred. You know, well, I, I watched this program, history program on the Colosseum and how they would bring Christians in there and destroy them, how they would have elephants and lions and whatever fight with men and how there would be bloodshed and death and all that. And God look at, at Rome and say, these bad people, he was saying, looking at Rome and he was looking at them and he was saying, my people are in bondage, my people are suffering, my people are going through a difficult time, my people are being tortured by death because death is stinging them with sin and the wages of all of this is leading my people to eternal destruction and the grave and I want to save them and he brought a Messiah and this Messiah came to save man from death he came to save man from sin he came to save man from what destroys man that is what he's come to do. He's come to save us, this Messiah, this Jesus. And he's come, l listen to what he's come to do. He's come to take every, and, and if you read in uh, this passage I've just read in Isaiah here, it says here, for the boot of the warrior is with commotion. It's actually for nothing. It says, and the coat dipped in blood shall be burning fuel for fire. So those who came to make war against God's people, against man, their coats shall be burnt. The blood, our blood that was upon um, the devil and this system that brought destruction to man, which is the law system, which I will touch on now, it will all be destroyed. It will be burnt. Why? Because unto us a child was born that brought, that, had, that is a son of God. In order to be a son of God, remember what I teached earlier this year many times, to be a son of God you need to have immortality. An undying human body. 
So here Jesus comes and He is the Son of God and He is proven to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. And He conquered physical death and He conquered sin. And now He, through the Holy Spirit and in His return, will manifest this kingdom in our lives. And He, with His power and His rulership as the Son of God, will rule over my death. He will rule over my inability in my flesh. He will rule over all those things. So I want to say, sin doesn't make you an enemy of God. You are the friend of God. You are God's kind. When the angels, when God was born, when you can't say God was born, but when God was incarnated into human flesh in Jesus Christ, when Jesus came and walked this earth, we saw Jesus say to the people, You are my friends. He said to them, they asked him, how should we pray? Now listen to this. He said, how should we pray? They asked Jesus, and then Jesus spoke to people that were not born again, that were not Christians because they were Jews. He said to them, pray this, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying God is the Father of humanity. God is not the father of some people. <laughs> He's the father of all people. That's why Jesus said, Jesus even said to people who weren't believing and were stressing, He said to them, He said to them, look at the, at, at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. If your heavenly father, if our heavenly father cares for them this way, how much more will not care for you? And Jesus, which cannot sin and cannot make a mistake, called God the Father of people that weren't even believers. And that is amazing. So you, might, you, you can say to me, so bad, are you saying all people are saved? I haven't said that. You know, there are many of the people of God that can be lost. There are children of God that are dying. And God has come to save them. So in the Christmas message, we are thinking of the incarnation and we're thinking of God as our Father. We're thinking of God's effort that He has made to bring salvation to man. That is what we're thinking of. And I want to read, and we're going to end off with this passage here and and me just explaining it quickly. Ephesians 2 verse 13, it says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you sometimes who are far off are made close by the blood of Christ. Talking about the Gentiles here. He says, for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So listen to this. He says, he says, for he is our peace. Remember, he's the prince of peace who has made both one. He says, peace on earth. He's made both one, Jew and Gentile. How? By breaking down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity or that which is against us, the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of the two one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity which is the law system through which death comes thereby, and he came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them which were nigh. So what does he say? He is saying, God has come to bring peace. And this is the way he brings peace. Because what caused the big turmoil was the law. The law is the law system. 
the system wherein you think that you can have eternal life by pleasing God through good works or the system where you think you can save or preserve your life by following the law conduct or the law code, that is your enemy. That is your enemy. The the belief that you can be saved by the law is your enemy and it caused enmity between nations. You know, the Jews believed that they had the law and by the law they had, they felt that that was God gave them that law and they were the people of God. And since they are the people of God with the law, there was a pride in them that caused a hatred and a bitterness in other nations to the point that they just want to kill all Jews. That is what it's all about. And then Jesus, God the Father, saw that. And he knew that those laws spoke about his coming and that these people weren't understanding what those laws meant. And the Jews were walking with with a pride inside them that says, you know, we've got the perfect law. And sorry for me for just being straight out. It's almost like the, the Muslims today that's saying they've got the Sharia law that, and, and there will come a time when their God will oppress all the nations and put the nations under them. And they's going to have their Sharia law and put that law uh, upon every nation and then there will be peace. That is what the Jews believed. Exactly what the, the Islam believe today. It's not much of a big difference. The thing is they were oppressed. They believed that they were oppressed and they were oppressed by the Romans. Not, and not just them, many other nations were also oppressed by the Romans. And God came and he said, what I want to take away is I want to take this law away because this law is bringing enmity between nations. So if I can take the law away wherein the one says I'm the people of God because I've got the law, And the other one says, well, they think they're the people of God, so we're not the people of God because we don't have that law. It was never given to us. It was just given to Jews. If God could take that law away, you could take, then there would not be Jew and Gentile anymore. There would just be one people. And then in the cross, he could die away the sin of all these people groups, die it away, and then raise that man that died from the grave and so grant immortality to the human body, to all people. (laughs) Hallelujah! That is the good news. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what He's come to do. So I want to say to you, don't try and implement laws. Don't try and think you can be saved by the law. Know this, that God has come to bring peace between nations by taking the law system away. I want to say to you, I want to say to All people, your president cannot bring peace in your life. Your president cannot bring peace between nations. If I speak to the Americans, I want to say to you, Donald Trump cannot bring peace, man. Doesn't matter how much you like him, doesn't matter how much he's for Christians, he cannot bring peace, for he is not the Prince of Peace. Neither can any political figure in any nation bring peace. The only peace there is, is the Even peace between nations is in the understanding that the law is fulfilled. If the the Jews, if the Christians, if Islam, if Buddhists, if everybody can believe that their law unto eternal life has been fulfilled and that immortality has been granted by God through Jesus Christ to all people, then all people will stand under the rulership of Christ where He rules over sin. 
where we don't try to oppress sin through jail systems, through punishment systems, through any of those things, but where we see Him rule with His life inside us. That is what will take place if we, if every belief can see that, if every faith on this earth, even the Christians that are so, still so foolishly clinging to the Ten Commandments, clinging foolishly to tithing. So don't you see that the longer you cling to tithing, sowing and reaping and any law thing, the longer you are clinging to something that brings enmity and division and strife, the more you can see that all has been given freely in Jesus Christ, the quicker you will experience His rulership in that area of your life. If you are still trying to, for preachers that watch this, if you're still trying to build a ministry, my friend, and you feel that you're going to put a smile on God's face by fulfilling the law of doing a ministry thing, I want to tell you, the quicker you get rid of that, the quicker there will be peace in your life and everywhere. And I end off for a second time like a good preacher with this. Inside every person, not even talking about peace amongst people or anything, but inside yourself, there's a turmoil inside man that says, I'm not good enough because there's a good that I want to do, but the good that I want to do, I cannot do it. And Paul came and he said, when I was without the law, just thinking of the finished work of Jesus, and I just looked at Christ and what he's done for me, I found that I was alive. The, that holy man that wants to do good, he was alive and he was well and he was doing well and he was alive in this world and he was manifesting. He says, but when the commandment came again, when I became legalistic in my mind and I started to embrace the old law system and Judaism, he says, I found that I died. In other words, that good man that want to do good, couldn't do it anymore and the bad that I didn't want to do, I found that I'm starting to do that and I died. And it was a, there was no peace in me, there was no harmony. So I want to say to you, when God became flesh and granted us eternal life free from our works, wherein He took man and died our death away and brought eternal life in the resurrection of Christ and He showed the truth and as we believe that, He grants us eternal life and brings it forth in us, when we see that what we've always chased after through the law, granted to us freely, we will veer away from that which is an enmity. I think of people fighting for Ten Commandments in the school, Ten Commandments nailed on the, on the school wall where we look at the Ten Commandments and try and force the law down on people. You know, that's not what we want. I want to tell you this. No nation can take anything, no government can take anything away from Christians. Yes, I thank God and I celebrate the, the liberty and the freedom we have, the freedom of religion. Thank God for that. Thank God that I can sit here and I can have a studio here and I can preach the gospel today boldly without someone who's going to kill me for preaching what I believe. But I want to say to you, what we as Christians, the way we express the life that's inside us, the way God expresses His life in us is by love. And even if we're in a communist state where Christianity is illegal, nobody and nothing will stop us from loving our neighbor. Nobody will be able to stop us to be generous and to live the fullness of the life of God inside us. 
Let us not stand for the law and try and force down the law on people because that is not what brings peace. Let us not try and make people do what we do and so want peace. Let us love on people. Let us say, God, you are the father of all people. You love all people. You gave your son for all people. You've, you've taken away the law of all people. You've come and you've fulfilled the Jewish law and you've fulfilled anything that anybody has to do in order to have eternal life. And we can simply declare to people that eternal life is already yours. It belongs to you. And those who believe it, they'll be saved. Glory to God. So I want to say to you in this Christmas time, as you are together with your family, let us celebrate this time, people that's maybe watching this uh, in nations where Christianity is not even allowed in public or in open. I want to say to you where you are, you're part of God's family. Uh, you are embraced by God. He loves you. Your life is safe in His hands. And even if the threats of death is over you, I want to tell you, even if people kill you, you will be raised up for you cannot die. Your body shall be raised and you shall have immortality and live in the life that God has dreamt for you in your body. For you are a son of God. You are a son of God. Jesus was the first one born from the dead. That means there will be a second and a third and a millionth one born from the dead, which is us. We shall be born from the dead, raised from the grave. So we are celebrating the incarnation. We are celebrating the peace there is, which is the fulfillment of the law. We are celebrating the power of sin that was broken and the power of death that was broken over us. Glory to God. I would just like to pray for you. Father, I thank you that I can just stretch forth my hands today and I can pray for people right now. And as I pray for them, and I stretch forth my hands, I thank you that your peace, the peace that supersedes understanding, the peace amongst people where they, we can see that my neighbor doesn't have to fulfill 20 laws to deserve my forgiveness, but where they can see that God has forgiven them and that forgiveness is already in their hearts. I want to pray for people that's got sickness in their bodies. I thank you that you heal them and you have healed them and signs, wonders, and miracles take place in their lives. And I thank you that people that can feel the peace of God in their hearts as they are together with their families and those that are alone, that don't have any family, that they can feel your embrace in Jesus Christ where you have embraced their humanity, glorified their humanity, given them eternal life in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you, you will return to this earth and we will see your kingdom, which you are already establishing and declaring now, fully manifest in this earth in your return. And we will see peace amongst all people. And we will see death conquered in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you so much that you've uh, watched this. I thank you for sharing this video with your friends. And uh, I want to just also announce that um, we will not have a Sunday service next Sunday. So next Sunday there will not be a service. The next service we will have will be on the 8th of um, January. So next Sunday, no service, and I will also not be uploading videos or comments or posts on Facebook. We're going away for a while, and just we, we can just have a nice holiday. I want to thank everybody and just everybody during this year that has uh, shared messages, uh, told your friends about the good news, shared the good news, uh, studied the good news, and um, just opened yourself up for this ministry. Thank you for that. And then I want to especially thank everybody that has 
just loved on Helena and I as we travel, as, as I traveled. Um, Helena, I've traveled some in South Africa, and as we've been to your, to your uh, ministries, people in the United States, um, the people in South Africa, there is just people in Canada that has embraced this ministry where we could come to your houses and minister the gospel of grace. Um, I'm not planning to travel too much next year. Uh, I'm going to do some traveling, but not too much. But I want to thank you for just opening your house, for houses for us and ministries for us. We're really uh, grateful for that and that you've allowed us to serve you uh, with the gospel. And then I want to thank um, everybody that is so generous towards this ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and that you've given so faithfully through this year, uh, making it possible to preach the gospel, uh, making it possible to go onto television stations, making it possible to travel. Um, and when we buy a plane ticket, not to worry if there will be money or not, um, that we can live and, and uh, just have a life in this world where I don't have to go and work a normal nine-to-five job and preach, but where I can focus on this gospel. I want to thank you so much from the depth of my heart. My kids are sitting here. Eliana is here. We, we're grateful. Thank you so much for everyone and your love towards us. And uh, I pray that you'll have a blessed new year and you will just experience the, the goodness of God as you've experienced it. I want to say this. God, the, the God of Jesus or Jesus Christ, the, the God that raised Christ from the dead has not changed. There's no special year. Every year is the same because God hasn't changed. I'm not saying that things in that year cannot change and things cannot go better for you, but I want to say this to you. The good God of 2015 and 2016 is the good God of 2017. Nothing changes. He cannot change. He is good and will always be good. I want to thank you so much for watching and then I will see you again in the new year. God bless.